You know, years ago when our girls were little, Joyce and I took a trip to Florida. Now the reason we went was my dad worked for a company that had a contract to remodel the uh, shuttle building. And we got to go all through that shuttle building and see what was going on. It's a phenomenal thing when you talk about all the things that they do for space travel. Back in uh, 1970, actually, Apollo 13 was launched, if you remember. And uh, uh, it's always interesting to watch that movie because Ed Rogers is the guy on the microphone and he's going through all the systems checks and everybody's saying it's a go, it's a go, it's a go. And it moves down and all of a sudden, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and it's launch. And they launched that rocket. But then if you remember... Uh, there was another scene in that movie with Tom Hanks and, uh, and they have trouble. And the trouble is that, uh, uh, Houston, we have a problem. That was the words that, that Tom Hanks used in that movie. And that, that indicated that there was something in their systems that was not working right. And they needed to go through the list of things to find out where the problem was and to the, apply a solution to it. One, we who are in Christ, every one of us, uh, my inner space and your inner space, talking about our insides, it was not a content spot. We were looking for more in our lives and we wanted to honor our God. So we came face to face with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we accepted Him. And I'd like to kind of say this, we launched into a new space we launched into a new place in our life. And what we found, found out about Jesus is it's better to live from the inside out than the outside in. Because being a Christian is not about keeping a, a lot of rules. It's about changing from the inside. That was the difference between uh, what Jesus came to do and what was going on in the Jewish faith. They were keeping a lot of rules and regulations. And Jesus came to say, no, you need to live from the inside out. So here's the thing. We accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. It was an exciting time, kind of like a rocket launch. I mean, the tension is unbelievable. You repent and you're baptized into Christ. And, and if I could use these terms, all systems are go then. And so it's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, blast off. And so we start our new Christian life. And then... What I want to talk about today is we get to a certain spot in our Christian experience. And I have to say this, church, we have a problem. When it comes to our worship, we are too often worshiping from the outside in and not the inside out. Now, tradition has taught us all that we need to worship, and I agree with that. See, there's kind of two sides of worship. There's the corporate worship where we get together with a lot of people, and there's private worship. And so that really presents a problem. But, and the problem's this. Traditionally, we have been taught that worship is about me. It's about you. And when it comes to our worship, we're too often not living right on the inside, and so it bothers our worship. You see, worship is this place we've been told where we come to, to be fed. We come to a place, we come to a space on a certain day at a certain time. And this is our worship duty. 
And, and it is. God calls us to come together and worship Him. The space manual, actually, the Bible, directs us to gather for worship. But too often we have this barnyard mentality. Like, I, I didn't grow up on a farm, but I have been in chicken yards before. And uh, they would have this stuff they'd call corn mash. And it's finely ground hard corn, uh, feed corn. And you go out and scatter it on the, on the barnyard dirt. And the chickens just all run and they start pecking and getting that, that corn. Sometimes that's the way church is. It's just something we do on the outside. And we think it is a place where I must be fed constantly. And really, when you think about it, that's not what worship is all about. For the next three Sundays, we will look at true worship. It's kind of like a space exploration. There are challenges with it, and there's dangers with it. So let's, let's get our worship right. That's the whole goal. Uh, this is a time for us to reflect on how we look at worship and what we know about worship. You may find that what you thought worship is really isn't. Most of us know who to worship, but there is a disconnect between who, and that's God, and the how. How do we worship? What, what is that all about? And when it comes to being in worship, lost in space would really be a good thing. And I'm talking about that worship space when God and you meet, and you're caught up in true worship of the one who truly loves you more than anyone else that has a special affection for you and for me. Because what we want to talk about in the next three Sundays, and particularly today in this sermon, I want to talk about true worship. And first of all, I want you to understand that true worship is God-centered. It's not me-centered. Worship is not about me. It's not about you, basically. Although worship is about our worship, it's not what you or I like or dislike, what you or I want or don't want in a worship service. That's not what it's about at all. You may be the center of your universe, but God is the creator of our universe, this space that we occupy in life. And so we need to get our worship our true worship right. The second thing is this. Worship is not about a certain place. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's not about a certain place. Jesus gives us insight into this in, in uh, the Gospel of John, where it's recorded there in John 4. Now, he meets a Samaritan woman at the well. Many of you will know that story. If you don't, you can go read it. And he surprises her with this knowledge of her sinful lifestyle. Uh, he talks to her and they get down to a certain point and Jesus says to her, he says, you know, uh, why don't you go get your husband and share some of this with him? And then she says, uh, I, I, I can't. I don't really know what you're talking about. She is surprised. He says, no. She says, I have no husband. And he says, you have had five husbands, and the man you are with is not your husband. She quickly, it's very interesting, 
she quickly changes the subject. She says, I can see you are a prophet. You see, we Samaritans worship on the mountain and you Jews worship in Jerusalem. Now in the book of John, where this is recorded, I want to pick up with verse 21. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is for the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And she agrees, I know that Messiah is coming. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Jesus says, I who speak to you am He. This scene is very clearly spelling out. Jesus says, it's not about a place. It's not about being on a mountain. It's not about being in a, a synagogue or a church building or the Jewish temple. It's not about a space. It's not about a race. True worship is from the inside out, not the outside in. It's a wrong focus. And this misses the point, guys. In that 24th verse, Jesus says that true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. God's design. Worship from the heart. See, if, if we don't have our inside right, then our outside is not going to, to be a, a time of contentment for us. We won't be satisfied. And what does Jesus mean by worshiping the spirit? Well, he's talking about our insides. He's talking about a real spiritual experience with God through the Holy Spirit. He says it's not about rituals. It's not about cleansings. It's not about outward stuff. When you think about it, the things that, that we deal with in modern worship, it's not about music, although music is a great tool to draw us to praise and worship. And we'd be, I think, less than what we want to be in worship if we didn't have music. It's not about the sermon, although teaching is very important and growing in the Word. It's not about the building, although we want a comfortable place to worship when we come together. It's not about the temperature. And I've heard people, you know, in, in churches complain about, well, it's too hot in here, it's too cold in here. It's not about the chairs, it's not about the decor. If you get my drift, guys... Uh, it is about our spiritual life. He also says that we are to worship not only in spirit, but in truth. And that means worshiping according to the whole Word of God, all of the counsel, not a fakey or a man-made fluff. We have a tendency as, as a church people to just add stuff that's not scriptural. And that's what Jesus is trying to get across to the Samaritan woman and to us. We're to worship in spirit and truth. I know in Acts 20 and verse 7, it says on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul's giving an insight. Luke's writing it down. Here's what we did in worship. On the first day of the week, we came together. And that's biblical, and we should do that. But there's so many other things added to the worship 
that can distract or even become a, a talking point for us to, to complain about. The third thing about worship is this. True worship is about our inner space. Now, I've mentioned it, but I want to talk about it in, uh, a little deeper. What matters is, is who and what we are on the inside. True worship is not bound in any place or any space, but is done when the heart and the attitude is right within us. In other words, I come to worship with the proper understanding that I'm to worship God. It's not about worshiping what I want to do. It's not about what pleases me. It's about, am I being pleasing to God? True worship is about having a heart for God and for people and an attitude of the same. It's interesting that uh, when, uh, when Paul writes the Roman letter, he he deals with worship, and we don't think about this verse sometimes as these verses as being worship, but uh, there are the worship is in this 12th chapter of the book of Romans. Now, let me read it and then I'll talk about it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he says, then you're able to test God's will, His perfect will. There are three things here that we need to understand about worship. The motivation. It's about God's mercies for us. His love for us. He gave Jesus on the cross. We need to acknowledge what God has and is doing in our lives. He deserves our praise. He has given us eternal love. He has given us grace. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He has given us peace inside, joy and security and eternal life, forgiveness, reconciliation, justification, sanctification, freedom. These are God's incredible gifts to us. And so when we come to worship, whether it's privately or corporately, we are to worship God, not what we want or what we don't want. We are to worship God. Our focus has to be God. He also, in, in this chapter 12 of Romans, talks about the manner of worship. Present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. That means giving my whole self to God. Not holding back anything. All of my humanness. All of my heart. All of my hands. All of my thoughts and my attitudes presented to God. In other words, God calls us, as Paul writes it, to give up our control of ourselves. Just as a lamb that is sacrificed gives up control to the person sacrificing them. That's exactly the way we are to live, as a sacrificial lamb. Besides, Jesus was a sacrificial lamb that, that has saved us. <clears throat> the third thing is this, mind renewal. By the renewing of your mind, Paul writes, we are created to worship God. Sin has built a wall between us and God. And when we come to Jesus, our thoughts, uh, our thoughts cannot be selfish any longer. We, we have a renewed mind if we're really giving our insides, our total being to Jesus. 
And it, it's one that thinks about relationships with God, a relationship with God, and through Jesus, serving Jesus and, and, and serving others because Jesus calls us to do that. So what have we talked about today? True worship is not about me. It's not about you. True worship is not about a place necessarily. It is about an attitude of the heart. And true worship comes from my inner space. It's about us giving God our worship from the inside out. You know, NASA launches a lot of rockets and have through the years. But you know what they never do? They never lack to prepare to launch a rocket. Sometimes it takes years before they launch one. Sometimes it takes months. But they would never attempt to launch a rocket with people in it, particularly just walk in one day and show up and launch. They would never do that. Too dangerous, too costly, you, whatever you want to say there. Guys, we can't just show up to worship. We have to be like NASA in that respect. We have to prepare to worship from the inside out. NASA goes on those rockets, every intricate little internal detail. They try to make sure everything is just right. It is a pure situation. Everybody's wearing a, a protective gear so that no germs are involved, no dirt, no dust. When we come to worship God, we give Him our whole selves, the purity of who we are. When you leave here today, I have an action step for you. You begin to prepare for your next worship experience with God, giving Him all the praise. On the next Lord's Day, when you come to worship, whether you're worshiping online or whether you're worshiping live, you are to be ready to worship. Prepare to launch your spiritual life. Prepare to launch your praise to God. And if you praise Him every day and live for Him every day and worship Him every day, you will be more prepared when you come into a place or a space to worship Him. See, this gets our inner space ready to launch all the adoration we can give to God. So I invite you, I invite you to live from the inside out. But I particularly today invite you to worship God from the inside out. Give Him all of yourself. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for Your love and we thank You for Your Word. Lord, bless these words that have been spoken, these words that have been heard, so that lives will be changed, that our worship might bring greater joy to You. You are the object of our worship. Thank You for giving Jesus, for saving our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.